Welcome to We Fly the Flag, the Air Canada Pilots Podcast. everyone and welcome back to the Air Canada Pilots podcast. I'm your host Jason Chamberlain. Today is a big episode. I'm excited to have multiple guests here in the uh, studio room here in Toronto. I'm joined by Cameron Soderberg. He's our MEC Secretary Treasurer and Executive Vice President for Air Canada for Alpa International. Welcome Cameron. Uh, we're joined by Sina Alimir Salari, SBSC Chair, Jesse Yancey, our MEC Vice Chair. Welcome, Jesse. And we're joined by Charlene Huddy, our MEC Chair. Welcome. Now, as a quick reminder for all our listeners, or if you're just hearing this for the first time, the podcast is a forum to discuss issues affecting our pilots, our airline, our airline customers, and the sustainability and reliability of the aviation network of this great country of ours. Secondly, we'd like to remind the media that now that we're ALPA, we receive a lot of requests for comment. If you could please reference our email at media at alpa.org. That's the best way to get hold of us. In today's episode, we're discussing the impending pilot shortage, what other airlines are doing to mitigate this, and what the first four years of an Air Canada pilot's employment are really like. It might shock some of you out there. We'll talk comparators between Air Canada and other carriers, attitudes of their CEOs, and we'll debunk some common myths. Uh, lastly, we'll hear about the negotiating process and uh, the sort of timelines we're expecting with that and where we are now. Well, first of all, let's do some introductions. Jesse, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your past as well? Sure thing. Thanks, Jason. Uh, so I'm Jesse Otzi, the uh, MEC Vice Chair, uh, current 787FO based in Toronto. I uh, was a former surplus pilot within our, our pilot group. So it's been a, a quick turnaround here to the seat I'm in. Uh, Charlene and I actually were hired on the same uh, initial pit course back September 2018. I've also flown the uh, Rouge Airbus and Mainline Airbus in my time here at Air Canada. Uh, I've been an ALPA carrier at two different airlines. I was actually an ALPA member for longer than I was an ACPA member. Uh, I've flown DC-10s, 727s, Q400s, and now, as I said, I'm current on the 787. Previous roles I've, I've held, uh, I was a counselor in Toronto, and uh, a nationally elected member as well under uh, our previous administration at ACPA. Currently, I am fully displaced um, with uh, Charlene here, so I, I fly just to maintain my currency. Okay, understood. Sina, welcome. Would you mind talking a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us why you're doing this? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sina Alimar Salari. I'm the Strategic Preparedness Strike Committee Chair here at the Air Canada MEC under ALPA. I was hired in 2019 as a relief pilot on the 777. Spent about a year doing that before the furloughs, unfortunately, uh, came in. Upon my return in late 2021, I chose to become a first officer on the Airbus A330. Shortly thereafter, I joined the training department as a flight instructor on the 330. And up till very recently, I started my command upgrade on the 320. Just, you just love the training department? just want to be part of it all the time it's just yeah always learning always testing it's uh it's the life of a pilot right all right all right Cameron well welcome maybe you could give us an introduction to yourself uh tell us a little bit about your past and uh why you're doing this sure okay so um I'm the uh secretary treasurer for the Air Canada MEC 
and I'm also the Executive Vice President for uh, Group A at Alpa International. Um, I have been at Air Canada for just over a decade, and I'm currently a 787 First Officer based in Vancouver. I've been volunteering for um, ALPA and ACPA since 2009, and uh, I served on the uh, MEC with um, Charlene back mm. at uh, First Air in our previous life. And um, I've been an elected member um, here at Air Canada since uh, started in uh, January of 2016. All right. Mm -hmm. Great. So pilot shortage, that is what we are seeing. That is what the general public has seen this summertime. Boy, was that a crazy summer for Air Canada. Uh, what we were seeing on some of the boards in Toronto, Montreal, wow, there was a lot of red up there. And uh, I can tell you, as a line pilot, we were flying hard. We were trying our best. Jesse, would you mind just giving us your uh, personal view on maybe what happened this summer and what you see for things to come? Hi, Jason. Thanks. Um, I think you have to look back a, a solid five years to really see where this started. Uh, we saw shortage trends in the in the United States to begin manifesting themselves uh, probably about five years ago. And of course, as any Canadian pilot knows, we tend to lag the American market a year or two, and it, it's finally made its way north for, for us. Um, this, this really comes down to uh, a pay and lifestyle shortage issue, uh, fundamentally. Everybody has access to the internet. All of the lifestyle and, and pay information about our collective agreement and, and the collective agreements of our peers are readily available online. And uh, unfortunately, in Canada, for us, our pay hasn't kept up with the demands of our profession. And uh, people getting into this industry are aware of that before they even get in the door. Mm. And they're able to find more attractive options than, uh, than a career in piloting. And it's not cheap to start either. I mean, you're looking a couple of years at least and easily 100000 at the very least to get yourself started in aviation. Yeah, that, that's right. And for me, Air, Air Canada is my fourth job in the industry, which isn't too bad. But it took me over a decade just to get this seat. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a lot of personal commitments, a lot of family sacrifice just to get here. And uh, there are certainly easier ways to make a living. Um, yeah, thanks. I, I can appreciate that. It was also 10 years for me, too, actually, from, from beginning to arrival at Air Canada. It's a long road, and it's a long road for our families, too. They, they get dragged through the mud with us. But I love the job. That's the, almost the easiest part of it is the actual job itself, I'd say. I love it to bits, as probably all of us do here. All right, well, thanks for that. Sina, I'm going to direct the next one at you. So can you talk a little bit about what CEOs in uh, the U.S. are doing to tackle the problem head-on with the pilot shortage? Sure. Um, as Jesse was saying, we all have access to the Internet, and you know, news has been more accessible than ever before in the past. And the American CEOs have realized the investment that is required in their pilots. There's multiple quotes of CEOs out there that says, we have invested in our pilots, and our pilots are the, the best paid, they're the best trained, so our company is going to thrive. Um, it's happened with a, large, a lot of the major carriers that we, we compare to and compete with, and it's just a matter of time before our management realizes that an investment in your pilots 
is an investment in your company. Mm-hmm. So I have a quote here from United Airlines. Uh, their CEO at the time um, said, we promised our world-class pilots the industry-leading contract they deserve. We're pleased to have reached an agreement with Alpa on it. The four-year agreement, once ratified, will deliver a meaningful pay raise and quality of life improvements for our pilots while putting the airline on track to achieve the incredible potential of our United Next strategy. Basically securing the future of the airline by securing the future of the pilots. And this is a trend. This is starting to happen. We're seeing this. Uh, he's, it's not the only CEO. Um, uh, Delta's was quoted as saying, from the beginning of the negotiations process, we set out to deliver the industry's best pilot contract to the industry's best pilots. One that keeps us as a top destination for US aviation careers. And this contract is a reflection of that unwavering commitment. Big words from right from the top. Uh, There's no question an investment in the pilots is an investment in the company. It's very reassuring to the shareholders and the passengers when, when a company can guarantee their schedules. Well, here, I'll actually quote a Canadian example of that, uh, just because our listeners are just love listening to quotes here. So <laughs> here's a quote from 2012, I believe. This agreement preserves our pilots' compensation and benefits in the top quartile of the North American industry and will help ensure sustainability of the company's defined benefit pension plans. We only have to guess to which company this was. This was our company. This was said by Kalen Reveniscu, the chief executive at the time. Mm-hmm. So historically, our company has recognized that investments in its pilot group do pay off. Mm-hmm. It might seem that they may have forgotten this. The Americans and other large airlines, as you have said, and you've quoted them, remember or have acknowledged this. And like I just said before, it's just a matter of time before our management also acknowledges that investment in your pilot group is an investment in your company's future, mm-hmm. in all our company's future, and in Canada's aviation future. That's right. And, and we're not just seeing contracts being coming out of our uh, competitors, uh, which are out of this world. We're seeing guarantees within the wording of those contracts. Like We're seeing uh, terms like the, the, the Me Too for compensation for the Delta pilots, where if, another, if a competitor... Uh, decides their contract's going to pay higher, the Delta pilots are protected by that. They're, they'll match it and then a 1% on top of that. So they never have to worry. Like, the security is, is guaranteed. Uh, Alaska has, uh, I mean, this isn't new news at all. This has been going for a while now. But Alaska pilots, um, they're, they're guaranteed either a 4% raise a year or the market equivalent, I think, where they take the comparators of several other main U.S. carriers and then they, they either take the higher, the higher one of those. That is a hell of a guarantee for, for to keep the pilots on base and on track. Well, yeah, actually, it's surprising that you mentioned the Alaska one. They just actioned their uh, comparator clause, and I believe it was 11 point something percent that wow. the pilots raised. And this is just based on the protection that their union and their management acknowledge that this is what we need to keep our professionals. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is not just compensation. We're, we're talking compensation now because it's an easy thing to sum up. I mean, these soft gains that are buried in the contract language, the things that affect your family, the things that affect when you're home, when you have to leave for work, all the little things are in there too. And uh, they're, they're harder to talk about because they're buried, 
they're big. They're huge. That's the main thing, uh, and I think going with this contract of ours going forward is compensation is a big piece, right? Compensation is the, the money going into my bank account, mm. the money I can spend on my family. However, all the money in the world won't get me time with my family, yeah. and I think everyone in this room, everyone that you're going to have as a guest realizes, and all Canadians realize time with your family is close to pl- priceless. It is. Yeah, it's the most valuable commodity there is, I'd say. And that's all in the contract language. All right, well, I'll keep us on track here. Now, it's not rocket science that experienced people look for higher paying jobs. That is the way of the world. Might we see a brain drain of pilots to the US? I know a couple that have already gained green cards and left for greener pastures. Charlene, uh, do you mind speaking to this? And if you think you'll, we'll see a brain drain here if something better doesn't happen? I do believe we will see our pilots considering other career options. If we don't achieve the world-class contract that our pilots do deserve, like our counterparts at United, uh, we already know we've had some of our pilots leave and go to the United States. We've surveyed our pilots, and just a shout-out to our pilot group, thank you very much for answering that survey, Mm -hmm. because we need that data, we're driven by data, but we've had 70% of our pilots just told us that if this contract doesn't meet their expectations, they're going to look for a different career path or consider different career options, and that is consistent throughout all of our seniority ranks, even the higher seniority. So I think it's, it's... fundamentally important for the company to address our compensation concerns and our quality of life concerns Mm because we're coming out from under that collective agreement that will almost span 10 years. Yeah. And, and we're in a place too, where, I mean, I'm, I'm just started into year six for me now and the whole pilot pool, I'm sitting at about 60% or so. That's the amount of attrition for pilots at, at Air Canada they will not be able to keep that kind of um, hiring going if, if, if we don't guarantee these new hires something better than what we have. Yes, it's, and it's very difficult to be a new hire at Air Canada. Ooh, oh Myself and Jesse just both recently got off of flat pay, yeah. and it's, it's, it's horrible. Let's just you know, call it what it is. To yeah. be a, a professional pilot and come into this industry and have come into this profession at Air Canada after you already have experience and have that suppressed wage, it's not right. I think a lot of Canadian pilots find themselves in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. If they're at another carrier, it's hard to leave to then come to Air Canada and have that uh, four years of that suppressed wage. And it's a, a difficult decision. Again, from the survey data, we know that a third of our pilots commute and that commuting cost adds about uh, close more than seven grand a year to to yeah. their living expense. That's what I figured. It was about seventy two hundred a year actually for me between the crash pad and, and commuting to Toronto when I lived in Calgary. Jesse, what was your experience your first four years? It must be a mix of hey, I'm here finally, the flag carrier of Canada, but you're also probably struggling at the same time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you, you come here and. There's a nice, uh, nice sparkle on on your wings, and you're, you're just happy to be here. But mm-hmm. that, uh, unfortunately, that wears off quite quickly when you start working under the collective agreement that we have. It, it grows stale very, very quickly. T- to have to make those personal sacrifices at home and and budget lines so that they balance is uh, is a bit of a juggling act, and it's it's really only gotten worse mm-hmm. since since I got hired 
I guess, five-ish years ago now. Uh, our, our competitors in Canada even are seeing massive wage in increases. Their quality of life is, is superior to ours in, in, in many aspects. Uh, so I, I certainly don't envy a, a new hire here today. Yeah. And I, I do want to make the point here, though. I, I love flying, and I think we all do. It is it, There's nothing else like it. The drive and passion for flying, it's like it's like your dream job. Like when, you, when you're doing it, when you're up that in that flight deck and you're doing your job, um, it's, it fills your cup. You know, that's what you wanted to do all along. Um, so I don't want to take away from the enjoyment of pursuing, chasing something down and doing it and working for our flag carrier. But we are here to bring attention to how outdated and outmatched our contract is and what needs to change on it. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit more about comparables. Sina, can we talk about why we look at U.S. carriers more than Canadian carriers? We compare to the U.S. Uh, airline groups, not because we, you know, individual pilots want to. That's actually what the management does. So looking at the Management Proxy Circular 2023 edition, and it is a public document. For those of you who want to go search it, just type that into Google. It'll come up. On page, I believe it's 65 of the document, uh, lists our comparators. So I'll just take a read through the airlines that are in this list. Uh, alphabetically, it's Alaska. It's the American Airlines Group, Delta, Southwest, and United. Um, also looking at other investor paperwork, anytime the corporation compares themselves, they always compare themselves to both our Star Alliance partners and our North American partners. Mm. And I believe everyone in this table will agree, and most of our pilots will agree, is if that's a good enough comparison for them, that's a good enough comparison for us. Mm -hmm. uh, further to that, you know, you just said just other Canadian airlines. Um, we fly these airplanes, it's the same airplane. There's no difference between a Canadian Airbus 320 and an American Airbus 320 and in our France Airbus 320, it is an Airbus 320. Uh, same goes for the 330, the 777, the 87, I, the list goes on. We fly the same air to the same airports. We f arguably fly to more challenging airports in, in Canada, but we fly to the same international destinations. Uh, we carry the same liability. All of our insurance paperwork references U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us to operate into these large airports, we need to carry the same liability. The captain carries the same liability as that pilot at Delta, as that pilot at United. Mm -hmm. um, that combined with the company's own comparisons and the historic quote I mentioned a little bit ago, I think makes the case clear is we're not just Canadians. Mm -hmm. We are a global world-class carrier with world-class professionally trained pilots, and we deserve to have our wages, working conditions reset back to those world-class levels because mm -hmm. that's the product that we are delivering. Mm -hmm. Cam? Yeah, I would simply just like to add that um, when you're looking at the hourly pay rates of uh, Air Canada pilots compared to, say, United or Delta, um, if, if you look at the, um, the latest uh, United agreement in principle, the difference between our top scale captain and uh, theirs is uh, almost double. And for our top scale first officers, it's, it's more than double. Wow. So those numbers are um, 
alarming. Yeah, they really are. That's shocking. One of the myths that I think we want to debunk today is that paying pilots more means passengers pay more. Do you have anything that, that shows that that's actually not the case at all? Well, yes. So 100% that is a myth. Um, it is a myth, but, and it, but it's a very easy line for the corporations to say. Um, we can't pay you because think of our customers. They're going to have to pay more. Unequivocally, that is untrue. The, there was a recent article in NerdWallet that referenced American Airlines ticket prices. Now, having our, had our comparator documents out, all of our pilots know that the American Airlines rates are substantially higher than the Air Canada rates. Uh, and on top of all the, as we discussed before, the hidden gains that they have in quality of mm. life. However, over the past uh, few years, they've actually lowered ticket prices. Uh, Delta, after signing a historic contract with their pilots, just had record profitability. Mm -hmm. In this 10-year agreement, our company posted record profitability, and they compared themselves to, again, our Star Alliance competitors, our North American peers. And I believe the quote that was used at the time was, our profitability rivals the subsidized Middle East carriers, well above what the... Wow. Uh, North American, European carriers uh, have in profitability-wise as a percentage of revenue. Yeah. So... That is definitely a myth, is what you're saying. Unequivocally. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, we're going to switch gears a little bit now. Uh, let's talk negotiations. Some of our uh, newer members may not even know what the negotiation process is. What is the timeline? Where are we at with it? Charlene, would you mind just giving us a little overview of where things are and where they're going. Uh, a lot of this information has been presented in our rather lengthy newsletters, so I understand if all our pilots aren't reading those to their conclusion, but I, I certainly encourage our, our pilots to, to really give them uh, some time and attention. Uh, all that to say, we chose to serve the notice to bargain to the company on June 9th, just on the heels of the, the WestJet ratification deal, we saw the WestJet pilot group. They fought for higher wages. They fought for quality of life increases with their collective agreement number two. And it's time for the Air Canada pilots to do the same. So mm -hmm. with the, the notice to bargain, you have to meet with the company uh, once that notice to bargain is, is served. And so we had our opening meeting, the kickoff meeting on June 22nd um, with the executives of Air Canada and our negotiating committee. And then since then, uh, we were going through the process of getting information from the company. Air right. Canada has all of the information, all of the data, they always have access to it because they are the company. As the union, we have to request that information in terms of all the finances and all the scheduling info. And so that took quite some time to get that information from the company for our negotiating committee to really start diving into building their proposals. Mm, okay. So during that time, there are some uh, discussions with the company, high-level discussions for a few weeks. The negotiating committee has been uh, working very hard at our, our headquarters here in Toronto, building their proposals for the last few weeks. And last week they sent uh, some articles, five articles, over to the company with their proposals. And then they are uh, scheduling meetings into September. So it's yeah. still that very initial back and forth stage of, of bargaining and really um, we saw the path that the WestJet pilots went down 
we're still engaging in the proposal exchange yep. and waiting for that feedback from the company because uh, we know where our pilots are. We know what the expectation is of our pilots and we have to reset our wages and our working conditions here at Air Canada. And that's going to have an impact and a ripple effect on all our other Canadian carriers. Mm, so we expect the company to come to the table and take our proposals uh, very seriously. It would be wonderful if we can reach a deal at the table because the company values us as we need to be valued. For them to have a world-class airline, they have to provide us with a world-class contract. Yeah. If we can't come to that agreement at the table, and this is where you really I encourage our pilots to, to really stay engaged and focused and keep our eye on the prize right now. The prize is our world-class contract. And if there's a point in time during the negotiations, either side could declare an impasse. Mm. When that impasse is declared, then we're going down uh, the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Services mm. appoints a conciliator. And that starts like a 60-day conciliation period where you're trying to mediate with the company on the outstanding items that uh, you haven't agreed to at the table. Still early days to tell which path we're going to go down. That's where the company has a, a lot of responsibility. They have the purse strings, so they have the ability to come to a deal with us at the table before an impasse would be declared. Sure. And um, we saw this at WestJet. It was about six months from the start of, I think, negotiation to conciliation started. I think that's about right. That's fair, yeah. They, I believe, started uh, negotiating the end of 2022, and then um, we saw them... Uh, declare that uh, impasse that back in the early spring it yep. would have been. So that's the process in a, in a nutshell and, and where we are. Jesse, would you mind speaking to how all of this affects the traveling public? Yeah, sure. That's a, it's a really great question. Our MEC, our negotiating committee, our, our pilot group, the, the best outcome for all of us is to have a, a collective agreement reached at, at the negotiating table. We take great pride in in being able to get our passengers to their destination safely and on time. And our desire isn't to interrupt their travel plans. I'm sitting across the table from our SPSC chair. So our MEC is prepared for any alternative that's afforded us under the Canada Labour Code. Um, we, we don't necessarily want to go down that road, uh, but our pilot group is, is ready to do so if required. So that's why uh, on September 29th, we have an informational picket planned where we hope to be standing arm in arm with our industry brothers and sisters. It's meant as an opportunity to educate the, the traveling public of where we are in our, our bargaining process and to show the company that we are, are truly united in our, our goal and our objective to reach that world-class contract that our, our pilots deserve. Thanks, Jesse. Sina, did you want to add anything to that? Yes, uh, there's quite a bit more about the informational picket on the 29th. We've sent multiple emails out to our members. It is very important to remember that this is just an informational picket at this time. So if you are a scheduled to work, we ask that you show up to work on time as required. If you are not scheduled to work and you are available to come to Toronto that day to stand arm in arm with your fellow pilot brothers and sisters, now is the time to do that. The best course of action and the best course of action the company can do is provide its pilots, provide us with this world-class contract, 
before our contract expires on the 29th. However, we are in full preparation for the 29th to be a epic informational picket. We plan to have hundreds of pilots there from across all of our bases and across all of North America. The news flash went out to about 75,000 Alpha pilots. They have all been invited. Again, if you are scheduled to work, please report to work. Uniforms or? Yes, so full uniform, head to toe, hat included, mm -hmm. will be a strong suggestion for the 29th. Very good. Uh, leading up to the 29th, we have sent out Alpha lanyards to all of our pilots. Mm. Now is the time to wear your lanyard. I have been traveling back and forth to Vancouver, back through the airports. If I see a pilot without one, I will approach them and ask them, did you not get your Alpha lanyard? Can I help you out with one? Mm. Everyone notices, other pilots notice, passengers notice, and it sends a very strong unifying message when we have 5,000 guys and girls with their Alpha lanyards on. Absolutely. Charlene, any final words? If I could just capitalize on exactly what Sina has said, September 29th signifies our contract expiry date and that we are coming out of uh, that 10-year framework. We have to achieve the world-class contract our pilots do deserve. And myself, this MEC, the negotiating committee, the support we've seen from our pilot group is incredible. This is another opportunity for us to all come together, show the public, show each other, show the company that we are unified in our goal. Um, the message that I've been receiving from our pilot group is they haven't seen us unified like this and they can't remember since when. Absolutely. And the last time Air Canada pilots would have actually been in a situation like this, uh, a standing shoulder to shoulder on a picket line, would have been back in 1998. So we want to do this picket here in Toronto. Uh, one of our main bases of operation. And I encourage you, if you're, you're not working and able to come out and support us, please be there. I'll be happy to stand on the picket, the informational picket line with you. Absolutely, Charlene. Thanks for that. Well, joining us in our media room here in Toronto and up at headquarters is our communications chair, Rob Barrett. He's going to speak a little bit about fairness. Uh, Rob? Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Jason. I think it's interesting when we compare ourselves to uh, the Americans, which we're doing today. It's one of the themes that we're talking about. And, uh, you know, part of that is, is looking at, you know, what, what is fair? What is fair for uh, compensation for the pilots? What is fair for, for our contract? And, and I think it's really interesting from, you know, again, from the, you know, the, the social science moment here is to look at uh, some of the non-aviation comparisons. We're pretty close to the, to the Americans in a, in a lot of ways. One of the things that stands out as a, as a truly Canadian value that is a little bit higher in the in, in a level than the Americans is our egalitarianism, which means our our sense of fairness. So that's something that I think resonates with Canadians. It's not just our own pilot group; it's it's all Canadians. And so, to say that you know Canadians in general don't deserve what the Americans have simply because you're Canadian, I think is is a is a message that it does not resonate at all mm -hmm. with either the pilot group or with Canadians in general. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's something that is uh, something that we need to remind Canadians of that is simply being asked to, that the pilot simply being asked that, you know, you don't deserve what Americans have or somehow the American passengers deserve, you know, uh, more experienced pilots or retaining more experienced pilots in the flight deck than Canadians do. 
I think that's an affront to Canadian values. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that uh, that we need to remind our pilots of and remind Canadians. And it's it's really, in terms of getting out and expressing that that uh, dissent or that or that sentiment, I think it's tough to do. I mean, to be successful at anything requires um, great sacrifice. We knew that. Uh, when we got into aviation, mm-hmm. we continue to do that in the simulator all the time. Um, if you've ever been in sports, you understand that. So I think that uh, sometimes you have to ask yourself what, you know, to change the system or to change to really better the aviation network in Canada to make a better future for Canada. You know, what does it take? What willing? What are you willing to sacrifice? And I think for some of our pilots, it might just be you know, coming out and supporting a, an informational picket or wearing their lanyard or or staying on top of uh, and engaged with what's happening with yeah. their union. I think yeah. those are things that are fairly simple to do. And speaking to, you know, my fellow, you know, some of the senior pilots, I think, you know, they they sometimes say this is a this is a, you know, a, a game for the for the younger generation or the or the ones that haven't been here that long. And I think they have to look at where they used to be, what they're what they loved about the their uh, their careers and what they want for future pilots as well, Make and they're also yep. they're also leaders of the of the industry. So I need to, I think they need to stretch their hamstrings and come out and 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 show their support as well. And join us, and I will yep. yeah, and I'll speak to the the pilots on the west coast who spend their days off you know mountain biking and you know training for triathlons. They need to they need to come out and show their support. And the, those in Calgary and across the prairies, you know, who work so hard and they're kind of in the industrial heartland of of uh, of Canada, they need to show their support too. And then the ones in Ontario and Toronto that are struggling to, with high cost of living and inflation, you know, need to show their support. The ones in Montreal and Quebec that are losing their roots, that are hanging on to their French language and French heritage, need to show their support. The ones in Eastern Canada, you know, who have the kitchen parties that rival the UN for solving the world's problems, <laughs> they need to show their support too. And Canadians from coast to coast, with 5,000 pilots, and all the Canadians supporting their pilots so they don't lose their pilots to the United States, and over 70,000 airline pilots from around the world supporting Canadians, I think one voice at a time becomes a loud chorus for change, and we can really change and reset um, Canadian aviation in Canada. And Canadian passengers deserve no less than Americans. They deserve no less than experienced pilots in the flight deck reliable aviation network. All right. Well said. Thanks, Rob. Well, thank you to all my guests for being here today and for sharing your thoughts, your opinions, your expertise, and your passion so willingly. Uh, There's so much work going on behind the scenes at ALPA, uh, much of which will often go unnoticed and unthanked. It's much like what the late Harry Truman once said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. And that is so true for all of our hardworking committee members at ALPA. Once again, thank you all. Keep the conversation going out there and uh, on the line. Show your support by wearing your Alpa lanyards and your pins. And as always, fly safe.